0: To anyone unfamiliar with the dim beginnings and cumulative ramifications of the feud between those two, if anyone so benighted can be imagined to exist in the civilized world, Mr. Teal's glower might justifiably have seemed to lack much of the godlike impartiality which ought to smooth the features of a conscientious detective. It was a glower that had no connection with any detached survey of a situation, any abstract weighing of clues and conundrums, It was, to describe it economically, the kind of glower on which eggs can be fried. It was as calorifically biased and unfriendly as a glower can be. The saint didn't seem to notice it. He came upright, a lean, wide-shouldered figure in a light grey suit which had a swashbuckling elegance that nothing Inspector Pryke wore would ever have— and met the detective's torrid glare with cool and quizzical blue eyes. "'Hello, Claude,' he murmured. "'What are you doing here?' The detective looked up at him dourly. Teal was not nearly so short as his increasing middle-aged girth made him appear, but he had to look up when the saint stood beside him. "'I want to know what you're doing here,' he retorted. "'I came to pay a call on Sonny Jim.' said the saint calmly. But he doesn't seem to be here. Or did you get here first and knock him off? There were times when Mr. Teal could exercise an almost superhuman restraint. I'm hoping to find out who got here first, he said grimly. Sonny Jim has been murdered. The saint raised one eyebrow. It sounds awfully exciting, he remarked, and his bantering eyes wandered over to pryke. "'Is this the bloke who did it?' "'This is Junior Inspector Pryke of C-Division,' said Mr. Teal formally, and the saint registered ingenuous surprise. "'Is it really?' he murmured. "'I didn't know they'd put trousers on the women police.' Chief Inspector Teal swallowed hastily, "'and it is a regrettable fact that a fraction of the inclement ferocity faded momentarily out of his glare.' There was no lawful or official reason whatsoever for this tempering of his displeasure, but it was the very first time in his life that he had seen any excuse for the saint's peculiar sense of humour. He masticated his gum silently for a couple of seconds, that gave him time to recover the attitude of mountainous boredom which he was always praying for strength to maintain in the saint's presence, but his relief was only temporary. "'I suppose you're going to tell me you came to see Fasson "'just to ask him what he thought about the weather,' he said. "'Certainly not,' said the saint blandly. "'I wouldn't try to deceive you, Claude. "'I blew in to see if he knew anything about some diamond bracelets "'that a bird called Peabody lost this afternoon. "'I might have pointed out to him that Peabody is very upset about losing those jewels. "'I might have tried to show him the error of his ways, "'and done my best to persuade him that they ought to be sent back.' or something. But I can't say that I thought of shooting him. How did you know he was shot? Teal cut in. My dear fathead, I don't. I merely said that. I didn't think of shooting him. Was he shot? Teal hesitated for a moment, studying him with that deceptively bovine gaze. Yes, he was shot. When? Just now. The bantering blue eyes had an impish twinkle, You must have been doing some fast detecting, said the saint, or did somebody tell you? Mr. Teal frowned at him, shifting his gum from tooth to tooth till he got it lodged behind his wisdoms. His sluggish glance travelled once again over that keen sunburned face, handsome as Lucifer, and lighted with an indescribable glimmer of devil-may-care mockery, and he wondered if there would ever be any peace for him, so long as he was in the employment of the law— and that amazing buccaneer was on the other side. For Simon Templar was the incalculable outlaw for whom the routines of criminal investigation had no precedence. He belonged to no watertight classification, followed no rules but his own, fitted into no definite category in the official scheme of things. He was the saint, a creation of his own, comparable to nothing but himself— From time to time, desperate creatures of that nebulously frontiered stratosphere, commonly called the Underworld, had gone forth vowing unprintable revenge.